Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I live in Harlem. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's a lovely day outside. I am Seth Rodney. I am the opinions editor at the Hyperallergic Art Magazine, and I'm coming to you from Newburgh, and I am 50 years old now. Yes, mm. you are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and we're continuing our conversation on knowledge. You know, last week we talked um, about Michelle Wolf piece, and we kind of, you know, the conversation went uh, a lot of different places. Um, I, but uh, this week we're coming back to knowledge, uh, mm-hmm. and today's topic was something that uh, Stephen had suggested, which I think, again, is fantastic. I often think my co-hosts uh, uh, introduce uh, great ideas, and this is on um, the uh, sort of fandom and how fandom has kind of taken over our engagements with the world and how we engage with the world. Um, and Stephen, do you want to you want to lead us into it? Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm the one they call Stephen, and I am going to introduce this particular <laughs> topic today. <laughs> and it um it came from an article in the New York Times called "Hot Pop Music Fandom Became Sports, Politics, Religion, and All Out War." And I was like, "How could I like not read this? This is awesome." Mm. And then, and who wrote it? So I know Seth that, often reminds us to do this. Joe so. Corscarelli. Joe Coscarelli, and it actually, um, it was um, published on December 25th on Christmas, Mm -hmm. and basically it is a a general sort of look at, a very quick look at um, how fandom has developed over the years, Um, based on our technology, based on people's interests, based on a lot of different things. And so, um, in short, what I would, um, what I found really provocative and thoughtful about the um, the article itself was how things have changed with fans. So I, th- I was thinking about someone like the Beatles, you know, thinking about the Beatles and the fans mm-hmm. and people going to the airports and ah, they're standing outside, you know, waiting to get a photograph or a picture with or, or some kind something, you know, a piece of this person. And that it's always been a little kind of savage, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, people there, there were, um, at the, the Mickey Mouse Club or there were um, fan clubs where people would, I'm the, they would start a fan club and then people would write to that person and they would write to the management of a particular individual. There were all these, there were all the things I saw in this particular article were just, um, went into hyperspace because of the technology and the ways in which mm-hmm. um, fans um demonstrate their love for or obsession with particular kinds of people, whether they are music stars, politicians, and also how they weaponize that, the, their love of somebody else by taking down other people, by doxing them, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. I found it, I, I, I was struck and I was like, I think the reason why I brought it up, I was like, well, I, one of my main things, if you've heard, is I always go, so what is Travis, who did, what did Travis or, or Seth believe about this? Were they actually mega fans of someone that they kept all their memorabilia, they bought all the records mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. went all to the concerts. And I started thinking about my own fandom. And it's and I think it's because I get lazy and I, I like somebody, but I don't want to be bothered with too much of anything. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. I'm 55 this month. And mm-hmm. I'm like, 
when have I ever been super obsessed with anyone? And I'll say very briefly before um, we get into it, was that I loved Prince and I loved everything Prince. Just loved mm-hmm. Prince, the um, the acts he produced, his albums, about everything. And I got up to 1990 and things started to change because I started hearing things in his music I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought his lyrics were at times pretty terrible. He sounded like somebody who had never had sex before with anybody. And I think I remember wow. at one point going, Prince has, <laughs> Prince has got to get naked on his next album to up the ante because he's doing this controversy thing. And sure enough, he was naked on the cover of Love Sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so my... My fandom started to be um, interjected with a critique of the artists that I liked, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, and, I've, and thank goodness, lately I've just been having, ever since Prince passed away, I've been doing more work on what his work has meant to me, but also incisive critiques of what I think are incisive critiques about his work from other people. And mm-hmm. I really love that. But that's the way, because mm-hmm. it's a part of the culture. So it's not just about me going, my undying love for Prince. It's like, well, how does... How did Prince manipulate the market? How did this young black man from Minnesota, largely white Minneapolis, become one of the biggest stars ever? And he played a lot of he played a lot of games, <laughs> and he was very thoughtful. And his marketing was almost as good as mu- his musicianship. So, with all that, I want to know what you guys have been, fa- who you've been fans of, if you've been fans of anyone, and how's that been? How did you do it? How did you be, be a fan? How did you become a fan? And what it, what what did your fandom look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, do you want to? No, you can go. Say, I'm good. Um, <laughs> unless, unless you want me to. Yeah, I'm happy to have you go. I don't know that I have a great answer. So okay. I, well, maybe, maybe I can get maybe I can get warmed up to one if I hear another good answer. Well, I I, I like Stephen. I oftentimes just can't be bothered. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a fan, but you know, let's not go crazy. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go see you in concert because who wants to do all the <laughs> The Are you kidding me? Exactly. The people and the, and the, gross. And the, right, and the <laughs> overpriced beer, and the speakers are too close to you or they're too far away. Uh, no, mm-hmm. um, I've gone to a couple big concerts and I just didn't. I did not enjoy myself. So um, I was a huge fan, and I was sixteen uh, of Morrissey. Um, mm-hmm. It was just at the time when I graduated from high school, and I finally mm-hmm. got out from under the thumb of my parents, and was away at college, and and started to discover this alternative scene. And in the in the yeah in the late eighties, um, mm-hmm. the alternative scene was it was small in comparison to now. I guess um, there were a few the few bands that were kind of. Um, sort of part of that but in I don't know how to talk about it because I'm not a, I'm not a music head but New Order was big um The Cure um, there was The Cure and The Smiths mm-hmm. and I was a huge Smiths fan because they they always kind of came from a place of melancholy and that's how mm-hmm. I was feeling when I was 16 and 17 it was just like Cure just um trying to find myself and being depressed about who I was most of the time mm-hmm. 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 So I remember the way that my fandom took form was that I um, had a big poster of Morrissey on my wall. I think that was the first music person I had a poster of. And mm-hmm. I just started dressing real punk. Like I remember I used to wear paper clips in my I got my ears pierced, and wore mm-hmm. paper clips in my ears at mm-hmm. one point. And one point okay. I wore um, a lock of my girlfriend's hair tied up with dental floss as an earring. Um, wow. I had, 
I had um, lyrics from one, from either a Cure song or a, print, uh, or a Smith song written down the left side of my jeans in like marker, <laughs> I, like the, the actual lyrics from, 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 a, from one of their songs. And I just listened to them constantly and I buy their records. So, you know, that was when, mm-hmm. ta- remember Tower Records? Tower love Records. Love Tower Records. Right. Uh, loved it. Go in there and I would get, and I, 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 I actually came up at that point when, the, when vinyl was fading. So I didn't bother with mm-hmm. that. And I wanted to be able to listen to stuff on my Walkman. So okay. Remember, mm-hmm. remember Walkmans? Um, and I got, and so I remember buying The Cure, The Head on the Door, and then mm-hmm. all the Smiths albums, the Smiths, um, um, oh, and now I can't remember, wow, I can't remember the names of the albums. Were, the first one was just a Smith. The second one was, um. Meet is Murder or something? Meet is Murder was a great one. Um, mm-hmm. with that, so I had that song, How Soon Is Now. It's um, the best song I ever. love that bass line. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Strange Race, Here We Come, and, um, the rest of them. Um, so the mm-hmm. way my fandom ex- was expressed was mostly just buying records and mostly like trying to hang out with alternative kids and talk about like what the Smiths, um, were about mm-hmm. or what the Cure mm-hmm. were about. And, um, and dress and, you know, really costuming mm-hmm. myself in such a way as to say to the world, hey, world, I'm, I'm alternative. I'm not with whatever you're trying to do. I'm <laughs> going to find my own way and my own path and be on my own little journey. And- hey, don't make fun of that stuff. Seth. <laughs> that Seth was trying to figure out something. You're here today because of that Seth. <laughs> no, I know I am. God bless him. Yes, he God hung bless in him. there. Yeah. He hung in there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so Travis? Um Okay. So uh that actually was helpful, but um I'm trying to So okay. Um I, I it's hard for me to identify um, any real fan commitments in my past mm-hmm. um, because it's I, I can't really locate before I was a conscious adult and doing it for um, intellectual reasons or for reasons of curiosity or background. I never really engaged with sort of the peripheral stuff that's involved with being a fan, right? So mm-hmm. I never, you know, I, so I watched Star Wars would probably be the, the thing that would most readily come to mind. I mean, okay. I saw the movies when I was a kid mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and weirdly, uh, Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles also I watched over and oh, over I love again. Mel that's, Brooks. that's a funny film. That's a great film. Yeah. It is. And but I had n- I I cannot recall any interest in reading about Mark Hamill or okay. Harrison Ford mm. or George Lucas Figurines. or did you buy any of that stuff? Um, so I definitely had action figures that I would get as gifts, mm. and I had mm-hmm. like the toy Death Star mm. with <laughs> like the little foam uh, triangle squares mm-hmm. that you know I remember I very consciously remember losing, and um, but kind of all of the sort of the additional apparatus that I associate with being a fan. And I don't mean in a negative way. I don't, it's fine. I mean, I would Mm -hmm. talk to people who were fans because, you know, and I would be happy to talk with them about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I really was trying to think like, what was that about? I I think if I were to put it in, uh, in, in terms to sort of get a hold of the distinction is intellectually, I'm kind of a historicist in that I am very interested in 
the history of things and how we got to this moment and what are the precursors to this moment. But emotionally, I am much more of like a new critic, which is like okay. the, the the meaning and feeling about the work is contained in the work itself. So mm-hmm. I might read a poem or a passage or an essay dozens, scores of times mm-hmm. if I loved it. I mean, this is certainly true of T.S. Eliot when I was younger, Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. definitely Nietzsche. So in that way, I would absolutely qualify as a fan, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I I just, I read these things out of joy over and over and over again. But my interest in the thing did not emotionally, reflexively extend beyond the thing mm-hmm. until much later in life when I started thinking like, well, you know, it is probably important to know like what were this, you know, writer's social circumstances, what were, you know, so I came to that um, in, in intellectual curiosity. So mm-hmm. it's when, you know, in the article that you sent around, you know, I can't, I, I can't, uh, I can't locate any time in my life that I would have easily identified with um, kind of a fan community okay. where I would have gotten my identity from this thing that I loved. Um, but I'm not saying I'm immune to that stuff. Right? I mean, I've gotten in lots of, I'm sure Steph and I have had many, you know, g- amiable but good-natured arguments about any number of pop culture references over the years. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that I do that more with, you know, like Leonard Cohen and stuff like that. Okay, But as a part of like my identity belonging to that community, mm-hmm. um, that's really never been a part of who I am. Um, like I didn't dress any particular way when mm-hmm. I was, you know, I mean, I guess I dressed like whatever an average Sears kid was supposed mm-hmm. to dress mm-hmm. like, because, you know, that's where, you know, my parents shopped when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. But, Did you, I know you, pr- you said you played. I definitely, yeah. definitely played Dungeons and Dragons uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and was super geeky about the rules of that game and all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but would not have comfortably, I mean, I can definitely see this, would not have comfortably demarcated myself as a dungeons, a D&D player. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I would have, like, hidden that, mm-hmm. right? I would not <laughs> wanted to talk about that in polite company. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I was self-conscious about it, it okay. you know, now it's it's fine. But um, The nerds uh, won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The one. That's, <laughs> that's what right. we're doing. That's right, right. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, yeah. And I think, honestly, I think I I am closer to what most people are. I think most people are casual observers mm-hmm. of cultural productions. But my friends are more... Ha- can trace their histories in the ways that you've just described, Stephen. So, like they, you know, they have things that when they were at formative uh, ages in their mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. that they Very were all mm-hmm. about, and that they eventually outgrew, like mm-hmm. or not outgrew, but changed into this. Uh, what you, I think, sort of very succinctly described as kind of an evolution to a from a fan to a critic, right? And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a critic still loves things. I mean, a critic Absolutely. very much loves things, and like. And engages with them in in deeper, meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it came out of this kind of more sort of adolescent or younger kind of affection and love. That's most of my friends that I count, you know, people that I count as friends, which is a pretty short list. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's, you know, where they came from. So mm, I, I think something, so there's a line from this piece where it's go, where it taps, it, it 
it touches on something both you and Seth said in different ways. I've never seen anyone insincere when it comes to BTS. And this is a mm-hmm. Korean pop group. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it mm-hmm. <laughs> Bulletproof Boy Scouts? I think is, yeah. Bulletproof Boy Scouts is roughly mm-hmm. translated. And so this mm-hmm. guy, no one is forcing us to do anything. This is a group of these guys. It feels like we're promoting BTS, but we're also promoting our own voices, our own struggles, and our own hope for a better world. Mm-hmm. Prince was just talking about sex mostly. <laughs> you know, and after the hard one leaves, you're like, what's left? Oh, the rest of the world. Got it. Yeah. So, um, and I had a brief moment with Tori Amos where I entered one of her, I think the fourth album of hers from the Choir Girl Hotel. And I was like, yeah, but the communities that are associated with, like, I don't, it's the is it Gretro Marx? I don't want to be a part of any group that would have me as a member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I bring that up every now and again because I like I I like what you guys do, but I'm not going to show up at your Friday meetings. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we can talk casually about it, or we could maybe read a book together and talk. But it has to have some something other than oh my god, isn't this the most amazing thing in the world? It can't be that. Yeah. That's not enough. Yeah. And that doesn't even make any yeah. sense. It's like, well, have you heard such and such? And if you're also weaponizing this information where you're doxing people's accounts or you're going after other fan groups, I'm like, this is a lot of time. Mm, and energy. Oof. A lot of time, mm-hmm. attention, Lord. energy, and good mm. gravy. So I, like, I think, so at one point in tangential to the world that I'm in, the social world, the Beehive, Beyonce's um, group of people that love her to death, would mm-hmm. swarm on people's mm-hmm. Twitter accounts and try to mm-hmm. get people. So there's a brief moment where she released an album and one of the lyrics, I think in um, the album's called Lemonade and the song is called, I think it's called Information, I think. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, she mentions Becky with the good hair. The good hair. Mm-hmm. Right. And so oh, yeah, I know there's this Rachel thing. Roy and there's Rachel... Rachel, uh, God, I just wrote her name down because I thought it was really um, interesting. Rachel something. She's the woman who does the, she's the on uh, the TV cook. Rachel somebody. Oh, Ray. Rachel, Rachel Ray. Ray. So Rachel Ray. Uh-huh. the beehive swarmed on Rachel Ray as opposed to Rachel Roy, who they thought was the woman she was talking about, who was mm-hmm. supposedly, her husband was supposedly cheating with. And I just mm-hmm. go, that uh-huh. level of insanity to me could only be, I, I thought of as adolescent, but it's not. <laughs> it's not solely the province of people who are younger. They're people who really mm. love these people to death. And mm. it's funny. I would say it's still adolescent. So I, I think, I mean. Maybe not in, in age, in, but in, definitely in, in, in mentality and perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. So, so yeah, because I think that kind of, I, I, look, I watch people's, um, what do you call it, YouTube videos where they're critiquing something, movies, film, or whatever, mm-hmm. or person. A lot of them are smug. A lot of them, I know what's going on. And I just go, no, you have a perspective. And some of it I like. And some of it I feel like is you haven't read another book. <laughs> or you haven't heard mm-hmm. any more music. Or you haven't traveled anywhere. Right. So, but, but I guess in a way yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with the, the diehard fan. And this particular level of it to me was, I mean, I had to read this because I just felt like, wow. Has have you guys ever trolled anybody <laughs> or gone online to go after a particular person? I'm like, it just didn't happen for me. I just don't care that much. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I have I to say, I have to say that this is this is one of those instances, one of very few instances where, and I'm 
and let me preface this by saying I'm happy to keep talking about this with both of you. Mm-hmm. But the subject of fandom itself does not interest me at all. Like I'm not interested in how people get there or how people end up in that because that's such a small room to occupy. It's such a tiny ass apartment. I want to say, mm. really, you're just you're gonna be online looking for Ariana Grande supporters to cheese off because you love yes. Lady Gaga so much. All that time and fucking labor. And you could be learning, I don't know, how to, like, make chocolate chip cookies. Like, I don't, like, whatever. <laughs> but, dude, this is whack. It's just it's just whack. So the only uh, – so I'm with you in that it's difficult for me to relate mm-hmm. to in a sort of, like, what am I doing at 10 o'clock this morning kind of activity. Okay. But – but it is not difficult to me for me to relate to if you think of it in terms of like kabuki and theater. And then I don't I don't see it as all that different from people who love Jesus a lot, and or who are like okay, super okay. Buddhist, yeah. or or like people who really 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 love America. Like I, I, you know what I mean? Like yeah like proud boys loves america yeah, 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 you know yeah. like that so i i see them as kind of the like it's still a food group mm. it might be bubble gum but it's still some food group somewhere mm. and so i i really do think like i kept thinking about um as when when i was reading this like is it I mean, yes, the consequences are different. The target is different. Mm-hmm. The subject matter. So qualify, qualify, qualify. <laughs> is it that different than like how the students of Aristotle would have been talking about the students of Plato, like after Plato wasn't a thing anymore, mm-hmm. you know, at the Lyceum? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, you know, the stupid, oh, he's just too worked up with the forms, the forms, the forms, <laughs> like really what it's about. Like, don't you know that conversation definitely happened mm-hmm. and that definitely the students and yeah. followers of these philosophers were no. having these kind of like backbiting, sniping, underhanded, mean girls, Mm -hmm. like, sort of critiques of one another. I don't think it's new. I Um, agree with you. I don't think it's new. Yeah. And so, and and also, one we see as, like, ennobling, and the other we see as a waste of time. And I say we, because Mm -hmm. that is emotionally how I feel about it. Seth, I'm 1,000% with you. Yeah, what are you doing with your day, man? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? It is a serious waste of your time. Mm-hmm. I would not feel that way about someone who is, you know, engaged in intellectual work that might, in some instances, kind of look like this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I, mm-hmm. I actually will take a good 15, 20 minutes out of my day to write a really thoughtful response to someone who's commented on my article on mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. hypermetric website. And yeah. the argument could absolutely be made that that's just a waste of my time because this person and I and I are never gonna meet. Um right. very few people are gonna bother to read Maybe. The Maybe they will meet you. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I could see I could see like the 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 who's the who's the guy in the um in the New York Times piece? What is his name? Roberto? 
Ben, no, Benjamin. Benjamin, Benjamin. Cordero. Mm-hmm. I could see Benjamin saying, he and I getting into a conversation, him saying, dude, what are you doing, like, spending all that time responding to comments? Like, nobody cares. I don't know. What are you doing? Like, that's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I could see him making that argument. You could. And I would do the same thing. I would do this, like, th- that's why I use the comma. Mm. Like, you know, right. I could definitely, right. I absolutely could could fall into that yeah. just the same. Well, then the question I have for both of you is, what are some of, like, I was thinking, what's positive about this, right? Or not positive, mm. but what, I was thinking about the time and the what you have to know and learn about a particular kind of community, how you need to know how Billboard scores you know, hits. Mm. Like to me, there is Mm a, I hesitate to call it scholarship, but there is a learning, like it's, absolutely. you know, so there's something there I find really not admirable, but I'm like, I'm curious about that. And I'm like, that's interesting to me. I didn't know that this meant this. Now there's a friend of mine named Sean who, who basically saved me from becoming a person who goes, my music's better than any kind of music today because he listens to music today and is able to tell me, oh, you want to listen to something like this or mm-hmm. you might, you like instrumentals, mm-hmm. da, da, da. But what I want to get to him, get to about him is that he's so bright. He's not a fan fan. He is an, he's intellectually interested in how Billboard scores hits. Mm-hmm. So one day he broke it down to me today. I still don't remember what he said, but I remember when he was breaking it down, it was like, Wow, that has really changed from people just simply buying albums. There's streaming, mm-hmm. there's YouTube, there's this, there's that, how people mm-hmm. make money versus and so that kind of thing excites me. I love hearing about stuff like that. That may may or may not Absolutely. have any any interest in, but I'm like the levels in which Benjamin and you know the other stand Twitter people, I'm like, wow, you guys are really intelligent. And I go back to that chocolate chip cookie recipe. You guys can learn how to make chocolate chip cookies with this information. Well, they're making this. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. what they're cooking up. <laughs> and yeah, honestly, this this uh, I'll just be super quick mm-hmm. and then Seth, you jump in. The thing that I take away from it is humility. Like it's not mm. like there really are kind of just social quirks and in sort of moments that I had no responsibility for that led me in certain directions to talk about things that appear to be more ennobling. Okay. But it doesn't have any reflection on my intelligence. Mm-hmm. I, the, the Absolutely, there are people with encyclopedic knowledge me? Yes. of things that would seem trivial oh. to people in my social group, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but take every ounce of intelligence and creativity absolutely. and curiosity to understand and plumb. And so w- w- what I think that is useful to take with us is, again, just some humility. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's just have some humility about, you know, how shiny we think we are about the shit that we know. So, uh, so, so here's, the, but here's, the, here's the bad part. I mean, you asked me, mm. uh, asked us, Stephen, what's good about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm I, I kind of, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I'm just looking at your face going, <laughs> <laughs> cotton to what you were both saying. But here, here's the part that really just drags it to the bottom of the, of the ocean for me. Here's the anchor. Um, and it's the piece right here um, of the of the um, article where um, I, I don't know how many paragraphs from the end, but it, um, mm-hmm. I'll quote. He added, "It's basically who's he talking about? Oh, I think it was Cordero. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. promotion, free labor. We're practically chained against the wall with our phones." And Lady Gaga recently advertised Chromatica branded cookies as an Oreo stand club. That's the part that I really don't like. 
Mm. What he's basically saying is that all the other good things you've just mentioned, bracketed aside for a moment, and not to put this at the feet of the actual stars who are generating these fan clubs, not to put this at the feet of, mm. of Lady Gaga, but mm-hmm. what, they, what they're essentially engaged in is a kind of labor to promote that yes. person. Mm-hmm. So that person is mutual benefiting from all of this emotional and physical and, and intellectual labor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's free money for them. It's free money, and basically you're giving away your... I feel like these people are giving away their valuable time to, 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 sort, of sh- 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 to sort of add to the coffers, the over, already overflowing coffers of this person who they will mm-hmm. never know in real life, mm-hmm. ever. But, but that line that you said, you know, it's basically promotion-free labor, they're choosing to do this. I know, but it's still... <laughs> It's like, but that's like saying, I don't know. It's like, it's, for me, it's like when um, Kenny, Ken, 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 the Kardashian, who became, almost became a billionaire or was close to it. Kendall, she, I think. Yeah, something. and she was advertising. Oh, yeah, Ken, yeah, Kendall Jenner, yeah. Kendall right. Jenner. Mm-hmm. And she, was, uh, she said something about it on Twitter. And people sent her money just so yeah. she could get over the line, the threshold to be. <laughs> Wait, what? I, what? Yeah. I didn't, I yeah. heard this. Really? Yeah. yeah, people yeah, yeah. who. People with, you know, people like you and I who don't, you know, don't make that much damn money was sending her money, sending her, their, sending her their own hard-earned money to get her over the threshold so she could be a proper billionaire. But what do you think of why? What are the reasons why? What do, what do you theorize? I, I'm, I'm going to be really ungenerous here. And just say, I don't know, human stupidity? Like when monkeys are on a maypole and one <laughs> monkey starts dancing and we kind of, oh, yeah. that, that dance looked interesting. But Let's we see something in Kendall. I'm using just U.S. because I don't know yeah, who she yeah, is. Yeah, but yeah. I just think there's yeah. something there. It's. I remember thinking that, and I've said this before in different ways, is that I don't think people really think about the system and tearing down the system very much. It might, they might say it a couple of times when they could, couldn't get their coffee at Starbucks. Ah, turn on the system! But most of all, people want to be rich or they want to be valued or loved. And they say I that this woman right. is getting that. Like I think about the Kardashians. I feel like they got the best racket going on and they still got that racket going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So, Stephen, I'm I'm 100% with you. It's just that some people are so mad that they're not rich, they're willing to tear it down. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah. do th- I do think that that avariciousness is absolutely, mm-hmm. is absolutely working in there. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with social status and all the rest yeah. of it. And, um, and, and I, but I, I'm also with you that it's probably not the majority, but it's just the loudest people in the room. Right the now. loudest people in the room are going to get the clicks. They're going to sell the yeah, papers. Yeah. For sure, that's absolutely. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or I feel like that's true at least. You know, the, the I I do I, I, hearing Seth and like <laughs> drag it into the ocean. Like, <laughs> I do I do want I do want to qualify my position in that I do I do believe that there are better and worse ways to spend our time. I, I do believe there is something um, that you will be able to. It, at least on human terms, maybe mm-hmm. not in universal terms. In universal terms, you know, speck of dust, you right. know, mediocre star, all that kind of right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But but if you if you pull back from that and we think about things in just human terms, the things that we can spend our time doing that have a shot at expanding our empathy, 
um, mm-hmm. our equanimity, our ability to deal with suffering and loss and death and, mm-hmm. and joy. There are better things to do with your time than take down another pop star. They're just all no, absolutely. And so, mm. and, and but I, I do, I do, I don't want to lose that lesson in humility for sure. But mm. I mean, yeah, like your buddy that you just you you talked about that you know like can break down the billboard. Mm-hmm. Like they found their seam into some more involved critical engagement with the world. Mm-hmm. It is a harder seam to find if what you're following is pop music than it is if you are trying to read what. Um, you know, Harriet Tubman was about or trying mm-hmm. to like really like understand Walt Whitman or, you know, Gandhi. I mean, you know, whatever your list bit, is. We pro- I think it could take more we time. We have different lists yeah, probably. But have diff- I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I agree. All I was yeah. adding was yeah. it takes a different, I think it takes a different lens. I mean, but I'm not sure because based on what I just said a moment ago, people are, I mean, a different set of skill sets to understand something. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. harder to try to figure out uh, Harriet Tubman or Robert Clement, you know, whomever, right? Mm-hmm. But a pop star mm-hmm. is shiny. Mm-hmm. Shiny, mm-hmm. a politician yeah. is shiny. Mm-hmm. A reality star is shiny. <laughs> yeah. And easy, yeah. and, and I want to say easily, yeah. Di- yeah. easily digested. E- easily digested mm-hmm. too. Like Absolutely. you're not gonna get any heartburn from any of these people. This is just gonna go right down, and it's just gonna, and it's just gonna. I mean, empty calories, right? Like, I mean, there is, mm-hmm. there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, McDonald's and Burger Kings litter our our our, our landscape. I mean, those mm-hmm. are really easy calories, and they're always mm-hmm. going to make you feel satisfied and full when you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just I just think yeah. long term. I mean, to 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 use a different analogy to essentially say what Travis just said is that long term. I don't think that that's healthy for us. I think long mm-hmm. term that doesn't actually make us. Um, better runners or better thinkers mm. or more agile or more or able to live longer. Like mm-hmm. all of these things, like with, with that kind of diet, they slowly go away. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about people who love Judy Garland and have a whole apartment full of Judy Garland things <laughs> and all her records mm-hmm. and all of that. And I wonder for a hot second, I was like, wouldn't it be great if we had one of those people on the show to talk about Oof. why they do what they do? Mm, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, it would, it would be because we're none of those people, or but, or it could be, or it could be excruciating. It it could be excruciating. <laughs> but here, here's a little nu- the two nuggets I want to say. One nugget is that when I was writing more often, I would get letters from people saying or emails from people saying that they liked my stuff. I kept all of that mm-hmm. stuff because I was like, this is interesting to me. I was, you know, I was, I was, my ego was flattered. I was like, oh, you like my writing. Mm-hmm. The second bit I want to say is I saw a, a female comedian who was a, um, a English teacher who came out and she was talking about. On her website, she wrote a piece, and this guy wrote a really long piece talking about her fiction, how much he enjoyed it or whatever. Mm-hmm. She wrote him back, and she says, like, you know, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I wrote him back. and said, thank you so much. And he said, the next email that came in says, can I come on your tits? <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> she goes, well, I'm an English teacher. So I said, I rep- responded with, may, <laughs> may I come on your tits? That's the way I answered it. <laughs> and I was like, that's the kind of funny interga- engagement I would like to have with someone yeah. who claims to like what I like. I'm like, let's have some fun here. Yeah. Let's not be that's serious about hilarious. this. Yeah, yeah. Let's not that's take ourselves too seriously here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. May I? May I? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. 
Thank you, lady. I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't think we can close on a better note than that. Yeah, so for sure. Maybe <laughs> let that be. The don't be a stand. Um, if you are a stand, be a good stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, Seth, thank you as always for the conversation. Yeah, indeed. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Later. Bye.